Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. Jessica Butcher, Queen of Fantasy. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. The funniest thing happened the other day when I was walking Echo. And it was on a day that it was not windy in Oklahoma, was which it, is was rare. Was it music, musical related? Were you making your own musical about poop again? No. No, I wasn't singing a song this time. <laughs> oh, darn okay. it. All right, go ahead. But we went Sorry. on our nightly walk, our before bed walk. So I only walked to the end of the apartment complex, not all the way like to the dog park to the other side of the apartment complex. Because it's not a great neighborhood. I don't want to walk around in the dark too much. <laughs> so we walked to the end of the apartment complex and all of a sudden like this this Walmart sack that has like to go containers go zipping by like the wind had blown it by but it wasn't windy and both me and echo are just like doing like the whole like head rotation thing like what the fuck was that (laughs) and and uh pretty soon we're still looking over to where it went and it comes zipping back and a cat jumps out of the bag (laughs) and goes running gonna be a ghost or something but that's actually pretty good funny and of course then echo saw the cat and then all wanted to go over to where the cat was but it was just like this bag just like goes zipping by and we're like what the hell it's not windy and then a cat jumps out cats and plastic bags are not pretty dude oh my god it was was pretty funny i mean i've seen i've seen cats play in paper bags a lot but i guess i have i haven't had a cat since the whole plastic bag became a thing yeah. Speaking of that, did you know that Walmart is getting rid of single-use plastic bags by the end of this year? Really? Yep. No. So well, what are they doing? Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like all these, you have to bring your own? I guess. Or they started selling like the, got their the reusable bags. ones. Because when I was at Walmart the other day, I actually went in Walmart, which is rare nowadays. Um, <laughs> and they had reusable bags up in the turn, the turntable with the... the Plastic That's probably bags. what they're doing. They're probably trying to switch mm-hmm. over to that because I'm like, how is that going to work? The only thing that that's going to mess up is like your people who do curbside pickup or whatever. What are they going to do? Just come out with the stuff in a crate and put well, it that's in how the bags? They, well, that's how they do it in Sam's Club. I mean, they just put it in a. Yeah, but I'll tell you. So I got my first ever deliver from Aldi's, who are bagless generally, uh-huh. and they delivered everything in plastic bags. Did they? Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I think which they, surprised I, the heck out of me because I thought they'd come in boxes. But, I mean, yeah. it's good that they're getting rid of the plastic bags because. Well, I wonder if they're getting rid of them or if they're like Aldi and they'll charge twenty five cents per plastic bag or whatever they do. Yeah, because in in Scotland they they charge. It's like a. The equivalent. I think of, it's actually only like a dime, but I was going to say the equivalent of twenty cents because you know depending on the exchange rate. But they do that in some cities too. Yeah, they do. I, I want to say in like Chicago or something they do that. Yeah, like some of the cities. I don't have a problem with canvas bags. Um, I have probably like ten of them. Are they ever in my trunk when I See, decide to go the to the thing. store? That's a problem. No, they're not. <laughs> I have great intentions. I yeah. put the canvas bags in when I go to Sam's because I know that they don't have bags at Sam's. So yeah. whenever I go to Sam's, I pack up 
what canvas bags I have that haven't made it over to somebody else's house. And I I've would never be that. Back I would yet. be that girl that would go into Walmart forget my bags and i would be like holding my shirt out putting shit in you know in my shirt to carry it out be like my boob would well, be sticking out and cart i mean take the cart out and start all in your trunk. trunk would be a big yeah. disaster well that's all right i actually hate it when you go to the pickup and they give you because they give you a plastic bag for everything yeah so you sometimes have there's twice only one as many because i don't ever go to the regular checkout i go to the self-checkout so i use like one bag for I right. just pile everything in there but yeah they're very conscientious like if you get shampoo they wrap it in its own bag and then they yeah. put it in a bag i'm like no, I'm no, like, no, oh, no 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 the only thing that i wish they would do that too is um dish soap i've so many yeah. times i've gotten dish soap or hand soap that hasn't been all the way closed. Like one time mm. I got hand soap that wasn't all the way closed and they put it in the same thing with my Tampax. Well, then the hand soap Shh. leaked out and got into the Tampax. So I had to throw half my tampons away. Well, and that, those fucking things are really expensive. Fresh smelling cooter. Well, you don't want to put soap up in there. Ooh, good <laughs> Lord. Talk about burning. Good golly. Oh my God. Oof. Okay. Jessica, what are you doing? That looks like a shoehorn. It's a scraper. What are you scraping? For what? Muscles. Oh. Is it it's really a... a scraper for your muscles? Yeah. It's okay. a it does look like a shoehorn kind of. It it's does. Called... It looks like you're like sticking a shoehorn down the back of your shirt. <laughs> it's called it's called A STEM. It's a instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. And so Well, like... look at you all smarty pants over there. Right. See, she's so. like all educated now. And <laughs> I wish you were just. It seems a... like it should have a longer handle. She for needs you to, to be just back, a little though. bit younger and single so that she could marry my son. <laughs> that would or be he awesome. could find his own smart young woman. A smart young PT. That's what he needs. He's he a sugar has, mama. He, he always says sore, mus sore muscles because it's the <laughs> soccer. So he's always needing. Yeah, it's not really. You're not supposed to do it on yourself. You're supposed to do it on other people. But I'm working. Uh oh. But she still got the shoehorn down the back. Come of after shirt. her. Yeah. <laughs> She's a self helper. <laughs> self helper. <laughs> I massage myself. <laughs> I like this. Does it one work on all your. All muscles? I want to know is does that vibrate? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dang. But it's stone, so you can put it in the freezer. It's stone. It doesn't yeah. look like stone. It looks like plastic. that is That's pretty cool. cool. It looks like a little stone boomerang. Yeah, a tiny little stone boomerang, sort of. So you can like kind of sort of heat it up, or you can make it cold. So and it helps. With we'll be getting those for our birthday, right? <laughs> this thing is like super expensive. We got it from Garrett's aunt. So no, <laughs> dang it! I think I might have a rock shaped like that anyway. You know me. Yeah, I've got an extra Jeez, rock laying around somewhere. You just find <laughs> a rock. Put it in the microwave. Yep. Did you know that when I was a kid, my mom would put these huge rocks because you know around where I live, it's Jasper everywhere. So my mom would get these big rocks and she would put them in the oven. And then she would wrap them up in towels and put them underneath the covers at the base of our... We each had an, our own personal rock. Hmm. Little because it's always Because yeah, it's always cold Different. there. Mm -hmm. And it would maintain its heat all night. That's yeah. cool. It's a good idea. So I come I'll by stop. my rock, just, rock weirdness. I'm just going to turn my heat up. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, like those old houses, I mean, I know this from yeah, experience, was is like that, that the heat isn't great and a lot of times the heat only blows out one spot so like the bedrooms get really cold yep. so you end up having to sleep mm -hmm. with 
tons and tons of blankets or yep. a foot warmer or yep. something because your bedroom is going to be 50 degrees in there. Yeah, I have the opposite problem. Our bedrooms, like we have three zoned heat in this new house. And I have yet to turn the heat on to the upstairs because it is always so hot. But the downstairs is always freezing because all the heat from there rises up here. Mm -hmm. We have no transition. We got plastic bags up the wazoo. <laughs> That's it. That's all That's we got. another use for plastic bags. I we guess. should recycle them into books. Are yeah. You how are you going to pick up dog poop if you don't have plastic bags? Well, I mean, they <laughs> buy bags for that. I don't use Walmart sacks because yeah, Walmart sacks bags for that. come apart at the bottom. Well, you don't use mm. the bottom. You use the side. Well, yeah, you use the, the side. side, but then you have to like tie it up. And I still have to walk all the way over to the dumpster to throw it out. So then what? Plus, if they sell scented bags for dog poop. I need a bag that I know for sure I'm not going to get what am the poop I gonna on my fingers. What am I going to use for my bathroom trash? Yeah, that's the only thing. Someone needs up. to invent like a laser that just dog poop incinerates. Oh, what a cool idea. That would be cool. Get Mr. Keith on that right away. Or just yeah, right. <laughs> let my dog in your backyard for a while and she'll eat all the poop and you won't yeah, have to worry about it. Yeah, my dog does that too, unfortunately. Maybe I'll tell my engineer husband about it. He likes making things disappear, so maybe he'll... There you go. I think that if Ron could find a way to make the dog poop disappear, he would have done it by now. <laughs> I think he's out there picking it up right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're right. Let's change the subject quick before we get on the dog again. I, I get enough hate mail about my anti-dog rhetoric as it is. I don't need any more. <laughs> Well, my book is funny because you have a dog. I know, but I'm just not all gooey bedooey about my dog like everybody else is because I'm a cat person. And somehow I believe that you have more of a cat personality. I am. I have yeah. a dog personality. Why do we even get along? We're like I completely have... opposite. Uh, all I can say is that you complete me. I'm everything. Yes, you're that the you're yin not. to her yang. Exactly. Yeah. Like what the website says we're exact opposite that's why mm -hmm. i put that because we are we're so opposite <clears throat> i can't math without her <laughs> well my husband maths for me too <laughs> you're enabled in all sorts of different yes, ways with I your am. math that's right okay so you got anything dog related or plastic bag related in your bag no. of tricks I have no dog, no bag, no poo in my story. I bet there's poo somewhere. Well, they don't talk about the poo, so <laughs> the poo is under wraps. <laughs> so the book I read this week was recommended to me by somebody at work who is also a reader. We had book conversations. Oh, my god! I gosh. was so happy. And it's what's called... Her, what's, what's her name? Her name is Arleni. Arleni. Woohoo! She said she might listen to the podcast. So if she did, woohoo, Arleni. Thank you for being a book person. And it is called Not Her Daughter by Rhea Frey. It is not a historical fiction. What? I know. But it has a very moral conundrum in it. So it's a little emotional. I don't know if Martha would want to read it. She I mean, will. it's it didn't make me cry or anything, but, you know. So what this book is, is there's a girl named Sarah who she's single. She's a business owner. And what she does, her job is actually really cool. What she does is she um, takes favorite stuffed animals or favorite like best friends or something that people send her information on. And she writes a children's book just for one specific person. 
That is a cool job. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So she started this job and it's really taken off. So she travels a lot to like different like schools and stuff, you know, promoting her these kits that they can sell so that she can write these books for the children. And of course, she has other people who work for her. I'm sure she's not the only one that writes the books or else it would take like forever, obviously, unless it's just, you know, a scripted book and she just cuts and pastes stuff out. I don't know exactly how it works. She doesn't go into a lot of that, but I just thought that was a really cool job. So um, one of the times that she's traveling, she's in the airport and she sees this family and there's a little girl who's about five and the mom is just being a complete shit to this little girl, just like yelling at her and like pushing her to go faster. And one time she actually pushes her enough that she like falls on the ground and like it's carpet burns on her, her knees and stuff. And the mom's just like, you know, shut up, get up. I don't know what you're fussing for, yada, yada. Mm. So she's, you know, kind of an ass. But airports are stressful. It happens. And so she doesn't really like it or whatever. And she ends up being in line behind them. And she speaks to the little girl. You know, she says, I really like your bow. And the mom just gives her like this go to hell look and doesn't say anything back to her. Just, you know, cues her kids to, you know, go forward and, um, which she also has a little boy who I would say is probably about maybe two-ish or so. It sounds like he's walking, but maybe still a toddler. You know, Sarah goes about her way, goes and does her thing, but she never quite forgets about this little girl. Her ne- This little girl's name is Emma. And then when she comes back to Portland, where she lives, she goes down to uh, do her little pitch thing for her business at this other little school and she sees the little girl again and the little girl is off by herself in the sandbox she's wearing the exact same clothes that she was wearing when she saw her in the airport and she just seems like this sad little girl so Sarah decides that she wants to find out more about this little girl and see you know if the parents are nice or whatever so she kind of starts watching her a little she you know, like drives her her bicycle around back and forth to the house, the little girl's house, to see, you know, how her home life is. And she is watching her house one time when the mom and her get into a fight. The little girl who's five and her mom, the mom tells the little girl that she doesn't love her, slaps her across the face and locks her out of the house. And Sarah, yeah. She's like five. Yeah, she's five. And the little girl said... I do not like books like that. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. So Sarah is like, you know, very distraught by this. So she decides that she's just going to take this little girl away from her situation. That's probably illegal. She basically kidnaps this little girl that she's been stalking after the mom locks her out of the house. Well, nobody sees her take this little girl. The parents are very oblivious. And the mom actually fell asleep after she locked her out of the house and didn't even wake up until nine o'clock at night and discovers that the doors are still locked and that the little girl is nowhere in sight. Yeah. Well, no shit. Also, 
I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a pediatric PTA, so this pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, anybody who has anything to do with kids, even if you're you know just a parent or not even a parent, even if you have just like nieces or nephews or something, it's just it's horrid. You don't tell a five year old that you don't love them, smack them across the face, and lock them out of the house. That's just that's child abuse. Until, that's what until that is. after dark. Yeah. I just yeah, want to say they're that, afraid of the dark. Well, I mean, I don't think the mom actually meant to fall asleep and leave her out there care. for that long. <laughs> because, matter. but yeah, right. Well, I mean, That's, what if it was some like pervert that took her instead of this nice lady? Also, the response there is call DHS, not take the child. But well, yeah. right. So then it's like this moral situation where do two wrongs equal a right? Yes, this mm. little girl is in a bad and an abusive situation, but is it right to? to kidnap the child away from his family be, to get him. I mean, she was just wanting to get the little girl out of the situation. I mean, but the way that she did it was a little, yeah. Holly, I don't know. So, and this all happens very, very early in the book. Most of the book is about the, what happens after the kidnapping. Ramifications of her actions. Hmm. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's a lot about that. And also a lot about, like Sarah goes like on this, she ends up doing a lot of self-discovery when after the kidnapping because she had a mom who wasn't necessarily a, abusive but was neglected. She didn't like being a mom. Sarah was a mistake and she just didn't and she actually took off when Sarah was eight and she hadn't seen her mom since she was eight years old. But... Yeah, so she, like, you know, does some self-discovery about that, some self-discovery about an ex-boyfriend, and just, it, it was a really good story. It really caught me a lot at the beginning where I didn't want to stop listening to this book because I wanted to find out what happens. You know, does she get caught? Does the little, you know, do these parents go to jail for being abusive or, you know, what happens? And, uh, yeah, so it was really good. I will have to say near the end, it kind of it, it kind of lost momentum mm. near the end of the book and there was a few things that were a little not believable mm. and a little off key of what the beginning of the book was but not enough to make you actually put the book down because by then you're invested you want to find out what happens so it starts off with a bang and ends with more of a buh. I wouldn't say a whimper. It still ends. It still ends pretty like good that. because, you know, it tells this and it tells the story between Amy, who is Emma's mom, the the asshole mom. It tells it a lot from her side of the story and Sarah, who did the kidnapping. So you kind of hear an inner monologue of what Amy is like. And she's just a very unhappy person. Very unhappy person. So... Yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad I read it. I'm glad Arlene recommended it to me. And again, that was called Not Her Daughter by Rhea Frey. So yeah, I would say if you like reading about emotional conundrums, definitely pick this one up because it'll make you question. We had our hands over our eyes, Jessica, and all during that when I was when I was doing it's that. It's definitely emotional conundrum. Yeah, well, yeah. it is because what do you do? What would you do if you saw 
a little kid being abused in a public place. I would call nine one one. Probably not kidnapper, but <laughs> right. I would want. I do, I would definitely want to. Right. You if she's would... locked out of her house, though, I feel like what you do is like you call DHS and then like you, no, you call the cops. Right. Right. Or maybe if you take her, like take her down to the cops and say, "I saw this this mom hit this little girl, then she locked her out of her house. She can't get in. It's after dark. She's only five. She's five years yep. old." Although, as we know, that doesn't always solve anything either. No, right. Doesn't. And that's one of the reasons why Sarah's having this, you know, mm. fight with yeah. herself about doing the right thing. Cause Dude, did she at least move out of the city? Like, are they in the same? Like, what if she runs into her at the grocery store? You have to read the book and find out what happens. Dear God, what a <laughs> stupid woman. <laughs> you have to read it and find out. I can't tell you how it ends. I'd like move to like Keith's got this all. She's got this all figured out. She's got a plan already. Mm -hmm. I'm glad my children aren't five. Well, not that I would ever, (laughs) ever lock my kid out of the house or slap my child across the face. I did lock myself, me and Tyler, out of the house one time, but I was able to break into the window, and I had to like set Tyler on the ground because he was still a baby, baby, baby. And what happened is I walked out of the house. We didn't, we only had one key and this was when I was married. So my husband had the key because he left for work first and got home first. So I would always lock the door when I left, but then I couldn't get back in the door. And I walked out of the door and Tyler puked all down the front of me in my hair, all down the front of me. I mean, it wasn't just a little bit of sped up. It was bad. And I was like, well, shit i can't go to work like this so i had to set tyler down on the ground break into the window try to crawl in the window without it getting puke all over everything in the house and then unlock the door and go out and get tyler well at least you weren't naked i guess i see that on tv a lot <laughs> no i wasn't naked there's Didn't a take bright side off. everywhere key there you go <laughs> so jessica how about you bring the room up a little Okay, so I'm gonna. I read The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodora Goss. And I'm not gonna say, like, go into any details because it's a mystery. And um, it's like hard to not give stuff away, but um, it's the first in the series. And you guys know I love retellings uh-huh. of stories. Yes. <laughs> um, like Elizabeth Frankenstein. And so the m- main character's point of view is Mary Jekyll, <gasps> the daughter. Of oh. Um, and then it melds in all these other stories. So it's got like Sherlock Holmes is in it some, because they're in London. So it's like all these old, like Frankenstein. And um, the whole, like, the whole, they're getting the band back together? Yeah, so <laughs> it's all the daughters of these like mad scientists, basically. Wow, and that's they, like, cool. Find each other of and become friends. Um, of course they do. Support group, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. My scientists. dad is so weird. He tried to. He goes and digs in the graveyard and he sews people together and he tries to get them to come back to life. <laughs> what an well, asshole! <laughs> so uh, he cares more about his monster than me. <laughs> Sorry, so, sorry, Jess. 
You're good. The book begins with Mary's mother has just died. And so it's like way after Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde takes place. I guess not way after because she's an adult now. Mm-hmm. But um, her mother died. And so she's inherited the estate. But her father's like fortune had disappeared a long time ago. So they were living off of her mother's like little bit that she was still getting from her family, which is not enough after because she doesn't get it anymore that now that mom is dead. So she has like no money and she's settling all of her mom's accounts and she finds a paper that says for the care of Hyde. And it's like this bank account in Whitechapel, which is like the shady part of London. And um, it's like for the care of Hyde. And so she's like, well, I mean, there's still a reward out for whoever finds Hyde. And she doesn't realize that like Jekyll and Hyde are the same person at this point, you know? Oh no. She thinks thinks Hyde is like her dad's, was her dad's assistant. And then he murdered someone. And then she thinks her dad died of like a stroke. And so she's like, if I can find Hyde, I can get the reward because there's still a reward and whatever. And so it takes her to like the society for Mary Magdalene. So it's like they're prostitutes or they're trying to like make them into godly women again or whatever. Um, and she finds out that it's actually Diana Hyde, the daughter of Mr. Hyde. Oh, so so that would be, oh, I don't know, her sister. Yeah, so yes. Her sister, but oh. she doesn't know it. Yeah, so you got the Jekyll and Hyde piece. Um, huh. And then the next character that comes into play is, I think it's a short story, but it's Rappuccini's daughter. And so it's Miss Beatrice Rappuccini, the poisonous girl, you know? So, like, she's the one huh. where, like, her daughter, he had her tending his poisonous garden, and she slowly became poisonous. Oh. Mm. Okay. Clever. Yeah. Huh. And then um, like, there's a bunch of them. Like, there's a character that's in one of the insane asylums that's a part of Dracula. There's Sherlock Holmes, because he's, like, solving murders and murders in Whitechapel, so they, like, come across each other. And she consults him because he was part of the team that was supposed to find Hyde. Mm. Um, and then there's there's some serious weaving going on in that novel mm-hmm. there yes, is and it's like it's really fun if you've read all the books <laughs> like I have yeah. but, um, uh, and then there's uh, Moreau's Island and so oh, Dr. That's Moreau that's a good one too I love that story yeah so there's Catherine Moreau who was a puma woman who was a puma and he transformed her into a woman or if you're from Britain a puma a puma yeah, and um, <laughs> that always and makes me laugh. I don't know why. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and then there's Justine Frankenstein, who uh, was the female counterpart to Frankenstein's monster that in Mary Shelley's novel never got made, but Mary Shelley was like protecting her. It's like a whole thing. I need like a flow sheet. It's worse than. The- <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't you have to do a flow sheet for a for another novel that you talked I about? Did. It was the guide for murder. Yeah, guide for murdered children. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they find out about the Societe des Alchemistes. So it's like the Society of Alchemists that all of their fathers are a part of. And so they were experimenting on their daughters because apparently female brains are more malleable to biological transmutation and yada yada. Crap. and so, and then there's like this string of murders that's going on. And so they're trying to figure out what, how the society's involved, if Hyde's still alive, and like all these things. And they hang out with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, and it's just wild, but it's so fun. <laughs> well, it sounds fascinating, Jess. Yes. 
And the like more you get into it, the more like I'm on book three and like the more characters get added and it's all these like old novels. So like And how many total books are there? I don't know. There's only three so far. So and I haven't far. finished oh, the third one. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I haven't finished the third one, so I'm not sure if there will be more after book three. So I don't know. Because she cliffhangers everyone. So like the first one ended and I was like, well, there's gotta be a book two. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be off-putting to some people, so I'm going to just be, like, honest about it. Um, it's written as though Catherine Moreau is writing the story about them as a whole. And so she leaves in the parts where, like, Mary, Justine, Beatrice, and Diana come in and critique it. So it'll, like, be a scene. And then there's, like, a cut where, like, they're having a conversation and arguing back and forth. Like, <laughs> we really have to put in the part about chamber pots and, like... <laughs> 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 That's, Which I think is hilarious. Well, that's but really I different. I mean, you, you, you have to look at it that way. There are not very many authors that try to really think outside the box. That's that's a, an extremely unique way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Um, and they just like argue throughout the book and it's really hilarious their arguments are really funny so I think it adds to it a lot but I know it could be off-putting to people who are really used to like a chronological telling Hmm. so there's that awesome but it's really fun if you like like, it sounds like a fun book yeah it's fun if you like like classic horror or even like Oscar Wilde's I think some of his characters are in there um, it's really fun and it's fun to see them like interact and she's really true to the character too hmm. like all the things that Sherlock and Dr. Watson say I'm like <laughs> you're pretty spot on um, <laughs> but it's really fun and that is The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodore Goss awesome excellent yeah. okay, it's Keith. like a who's who of London literature right <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit of like how Ready Player One mixed in all of those iconic Ooh, 80s yeah. things mm-hmm. into when he's trying to find the Easter eggs. It kind of reminds me a little of that, except this is with, you know, classic horror novels. Yes. This is for book geeks. Book right. And it's really Bookies. fun. Yeah. And it's really fun because it's like a feminist telling on all these like you know, pretty masculine right. English. Huh. Yeah. That's true too, yeah. And all of them are like significantly like Justine Frankenstein is way stronger than like Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson and Beatrice Good. and people. And it's like they're like huh, men always being damsels in distress kind of. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, Keith. Well, the book I've read this week is called "It's Been a Pleasure, Nani Blake" by Claire Christian. And it is also like a book about discovery of self and kind of stuff. Uh, So this book is about Nani Blake, obviously, and she's like in her mid thirties and she has gotten out of this really long relationship. Like she was in a relationship for 10 years with her partner, Joan, and she's like they kind of broke it off about 18 months ago and she's still just not back in the swing of things yet. And it was the kind of thing where like they owned a dog together and they had an apartment together. So like, she's finally just gotten all of those details, you know, all the details that you have when you're with somebody forever kind of ironed out. And she's, She's a teacher and she's teaching like kids with um, 
like not educational problem, like kids that are like problem kids that like are always getting sent to the office and that kind of stuff in a junior high. And so she's just kind of like, she's just kind of over everything. (laughs) What was that? So Bonnie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> She's teaching the body of junior high. <laughs> I'll admit I was not an easy kid in school. I was not. Let me just tell you, like in the first 20 pages, she has to deal with a kid that shits in a trumpet. Like, <laughs> uh, I never shit in a trumpet, damn it. I was going to say, shit in a trumpet. give Bonnie a little more credit than that. <laughs> My so bodily functions kid, were way outside of school. This kid does it like on a dare. Like he's dared to fart in the trumpet and then bad things just happen. <laughs> <laughs> that fart was so a little this chunky. This is the kind of stuff like she deals with like every day. Like she wanted to teach, but instead she's like dealing with this kind of nonsense. So she's just kind of, she's just kind of like, you know, how you get in a, a weird funk. Like, yeah, in your mid thirties. I never thought that I would be dealing with a kid that was shitting in a trumpet in this time of my life. Yeah, she yeah. like she doesn't have a partner. She doesn't know that she likes what she's doing in life, and um, so she's just kind of trying to figure out what she wants to do. And she's she's very funny. Like she she can't she can't figure out her life. It, she has the stereotypical hysterically awesome gay best friend who is amazing and she has like the girlfriends oh, amazing she... <laughs> yes and he's married to an amazing guy and they have cute little kids and like she's just surrounded by all these people that are grounded and are where they want to be and are going on with their future and making their lives and she's just kind of stuck she like goes on some weird adventures like she like she writes she has a list of all the people she's ever slept with and she's bisexual or she likes men and women i don't think she ever really labels herself as bisexual but so she writes this list of all the people she's ever slept with and then her friend is like hey let's write a list of all the people that you wish you had slept with so she then like decides she's like I'm going to see if like any of these amount to anything. So she kind of says, I'm going to go on like a trip and figure out these guys that I like the, all these people that I didn't sleep with, like, and see if maybe, maybe I I can be brave. I missed the boat somewhere along the way. Exactly. She's like, maybe I missed the boat. Like, why didn't I get together with these people, these people? And, um, it fails so incredibly <laughs> funnily miserably like yeah it's really bad <laughs> but her inner dialogue as she's going through all these things is really really funny because she's just she's super sarcastic and she's but she's also really really down on herself but in a funny degrading kind of way that i think like, we can all relate to kind of thing like self-deprecating Yes, thank you, Jessica. So in a funny, self-deprecating sort of way. So at some point, she's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done. So she takes a complete semester sabbatical from her job. um, And she's in Australia. So they have like, their winters are in the summer. Right, they're exact opposite Mm -hmm. of us. Yeah, so 
it's this it's the summer there so it's like december so she decides she's gonna go to europe and she's just gonna do all the things she's always wanted to do and that's kind of where the title comes in like she decides she's this big people pleaser she's always trying to please all these other people and then she has this epiphany and she's like i'm gonna please myself sounded dirty but that's not what we're talking about (laughs) she's just like i'm gonna do whatever i'm gonna do whatever and whoever feels good in the moment and that's gonna be this whole europe trip so she doesn't think about anything she's done in the past she's just like do i want to do this right now well yes i do then i'm gonna do it and so she goes all over europe doing this and just trying to figure out like and it's it's funny because you think it sounds really easy, but she actually has a really hard time like deciding like, okay, am I doing this because this guy like is flirting with me and I don't want to offend him by not flirting back? Or do I actually like want to flirt with this guy? Or do I want to go to this place that these people invited me to? Or am I just doing it because I don't want to say no? So her, her inner dialogue, it's, it's amusing and really interesting to see her trying really hard to just live for herself for and it's only like a six month period of time but the journey she goes on is so difficult at times because you don't really think about it but how many times a day do you do something to be nice to someone else or because you don't want to offend somebody else or i mean do you ever just live in the moment to do something that makes you happy and she only wants to do that so i went into this book and i was just kind of like oh it's just going to be like this crazy romp like and she's just gonna act like she's a college kid on spring break but um there's a lot of thought that goes into her decisions and and again, like her thought process is is really funny. Almost, it's sweet sometimes. It's funny. It's terrible sometimes. <laughs> Some of the choices she makes are not great. But yeah, she and she has this amazing cast of friends that like she talks to like a normal person would. I mean, the snarkiness that like we have, mm-hmm. like those kind of conversations, which I don't often read about. Like, you know, they happen, but this is very true to life and like, hey, whore, like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> what you doing, hooker? <laughs> Got them hooker heels on. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, Sorry, I really sex worker. enjoyed it. Sex worker. <laughs> yes, you're right. Thank you, Martha. <laughs> yeah, that but was yeah. Megan's voice in my head. I well, know, I right? think when you're using it as slang to talk, call somebody else, I don't think you have to. <laughs> it doesn't sound as good when you say, hey, sex worker, what you been doing? <laughs> yeah, it really loses something yeah, in the translation, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Sounds more like a job. Yeah. 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 Less like fun. All right. Sorry, Keith. Go ahead. No, you're fine. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was a, it was the first book in a long time that's kind of given me a book hangover because afterwards I was like oh crap like now what do I read? <laughs> <laughs> um, it it 
it was funny, like a lot along the lines of the Agatha Arch. I liked it in that kind of vein. There is some romance in it, though, Martha. Sorry. Damn it. Just well, if she's going right after there. people that she wants to have sex with, there's bound to be a little bit of romance somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not I just, just hey, remember me? We met like five years ago. You feel like cooking? One or two of them's got <laughs> a take, right? <laughs> hey, how you been? Haven't seen you in years. You want to go take a romp? <laughs> Romp. Yeah. Romp. That's the word I use too. It's all right, Bonnie. Well, I didn't want to say you want to fuck. That just sounds a little <laughs> That sounds a little obscene even for me. Rolling the hay. <laughs> you wanna hook up? Feel like just getting down like, and okay, dirty? That's old for all of us. <laughs> I'm from the country and no one does that. Hay itches. Right? <laughs> and like <laughs> there's like ticks in hay. I don't know if I wanna do all that. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a very good. That would be a terrible souvenir. Then you could check each trip. other for ticks. That's romantic. <laughs> I want to check you for ticks. <laughs> Is that a real? It's song? A real That's song. a real song. Yes. God, I didn't know that till Bonnie told me that. Yes, though. it's a real song. Thanks for that, Bonnie. You're welcome. You can't unhear but that yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Keith. So. I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it five stars. I mean, obviously, it's not hard for me to do that because I do that a lot more than Martha does, but I still did. And uh, that was It's Been a Pleasure, Naughty Blake by Claire Christian. Well, it sounds awesome. You know, it aside like, from it sounds the like romance. Fun, aside from the romance angle. It sounds know. like a fun book. Maybe me 25 years ago. I might have read it then, but now I'm just too bleeding old for everything. This week, I am going to talk about a book that I saw on a list. I believe the list was 50 books Stephen King recommends. Oh. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm up for anything. That's up your alley. Anything the <laughs> exactly. King uh, recommends. And the, the great King. thing is, most of them are not horror novels. Oh, nice. Or a, a very good percentage of them are not horror novels. Well, this one is called... The White Tiger by Aravind Adiga, and it takes place in India. It's his debut novel, but oh. it was written back in 2008, though. Oh. So the, he's written a lot of other novels since then, and I'm going to be going to check those out. I you know, this felt like, you know how much I love literary tourism. This one definitely falls into that category, but it also... The characters in it are so outstanding that it just really sucked me in so very quickly. It is sort of written in the style of, I can't remember if it's emails or I think it might be emails or letters where, where this entrepreneurial fellow who is Indian is writing letters to a Chinese dignitary of some kind. And he is explaining his life and his success. And it's interesting because this guy is such an asshole of the most extreme type. He even talks about being a murderer, like in his, in his stories. And so you learn where he came from, he came from this very small village in India. 
and he ends up landing a job as a driver. And then from there, you sort of look at his entire journey of where he began and how he went into business for himself and became a driver and then how he became a boss of drivers. But he's extremely amoral about pretty much everything that he does. And it would make you think the guy's such an asshole. Why would I want to read about him? But it was really fascinating. I, I enjoyed it immensely and I didn't give it five stars. I didn't go quite that far because the story was, um, it was a, a bit difficult to read at times, but I think a lot of that is because culturally we're so different and mm-hmm. the things that we experience are so far removed from anything that this young man was experiencing and, and all of the cultural things that happen are just so different that it's kind of hard to find common ground sometimes with the characters. Plus the guy's such a jerk, you know, and you know (laughs) that he's, but you, but, but when you get to the point where you find out about the murder by then you're already so invested and you know, it's almost like you have to keep reading because you have to find out what happened. You know, how, how did, how did he murder this person? Why did he murder this person? But then when you see it, it's like, Oh, you know, this guy is so horrible. And he's sitting here talking about how, you know, he's very full of himself. He talks about how successful he is. You know, I wouldn't want to spend, I wouldn't want to breathe the same air as this guy. Wow. It was really fascinating, especially if you don't know a whole lot about India, or even if you know just a little bit about it. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's the literary tourism part of me that really wanted to read this. I've read several books that are set in India before, but this, it was a really compelling read, oddly enough. I mean, even though the guy was such an asshole. Um, was he an asshole? Like, well, would we consider him here? Like, is it a cultural thing? It might be like, a little bit. Of... I mean, he's successful in what he does. And I don't know if people, I mean, the fact is the guy killed somebody to get, you know, he, he's, he's, a, mur- he's a murderer, <laughs> you know, he's, he's every action that you take affects your family as well. So, I mean, you got to mm-hmm. look at that too. So he knew that that was going to be the case and I don't know. There's a lot of the moral dilemma in there. Basically, the guy was just he I didn't find him very likable as a character when he's telling these stories. But then when you hear about his life and how he became who he is, that's what made the story interesting. That's what made it a good story. Gotcha. And uh, that was called The White Tiger by Aravind Adiga. And I'm sorry so much if I mispronounced your name. And I can't wait to go and read more items by this author. There's, there's, he's got a whole bunch. I'm definitely, that was his first one. Yeah, that was his first novel, even though it was written back in 2008. But like I said, it was on Stephen King's list. And you know, if the king recommends, right? Not you do what the king says. That's right. You do what the king <laughs> you says. You do what the king says. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go home and go back to sleep because this shot is Bonnie making me the, so tired. Bonnie got the Johnson and Johnson shot. 
in so oh right so she's the our control so uh-huh. she's our control for that shot i got the pfizer what did megan get pfizer. megan got moderna didn't she yeah she get pfizer is it moderna no she does she get mm-hmm. pfizer? i thought she crap i don't remember now i got pfizer well oh you was doing a big vaccination thing yesterday and so tyler told me about it and um and i've been bothering her for weeks well you not just you they've been sending emails at work you've been sending me different links tyler's been bugging me about when i'm going to get vaccinated and then he sent me the link for this and it's the one shot so she's been dragging her heels because i just don't like (laughs) i know i know well i had a rash from like my Next you had yeah you had covid Ooh. though people who have yeah, had, had who've reaction. had covid got reactions when they got the I shot i was gonna pass out like straight up pass out really i got sent home from my rotation she was like you're pale and wow. then i like, pulled up my sleeve and i had this rash i got a migraine it's a really bad day <laughs> oh yeah that sounds like a bad day well luckily the only thing i am is um i have the the nose thing where I can smell like when I was driving here, I could smell the exaust from the other cars. Oh my hmm. God. But She's got super sniffer. Pregnancy. Like Megan. Nose. Yeah. Megan and got that too. Like this morning. After oh, I walked, right. yeah, I forgot. After yeah. I walked the door, I walked in, I'm like, holy crap, my dishes stink. So even though I only had a couple of dirty dishes, I had to run my dishwasher. Oh, my kitchen stinks. So I'm sure you probably noticed that too. I so, need to clean my disposal. Well, luckily, She's since like, we, I was going to be nice about it. Since we shut the door and turned on the fan, I'm stuffy now. So I can't smell very much. So that's a plus. That's a good thing. Yeah. But then, you know, like I had I a showered, little bit of a, yeah, I showered today. Had a little bit of a stomach ache this morning. You're and, so good um, to us. I'm just showering. Well, to be fair. Mine is not like golf ball size anymore, but they're still like really big. Oh, uh, that's my lymph nodes. It's weird. Hmm. Well, other than just being tired, I think that's that's it. Just go to bed early tonight. If my dog lets me sleep, my dog woke me up at four o'clock this morning. <laughs> and it's like when you I... when your dog does that, it's kind of like. And I don't know if any of you have your dog sleeping in your bedroom with you. You have cats, so I imagine you know. But when you have a dog or a cat that's walking around your room, even if they're not really making that much noise, it's like when a kid does that. So you don't really sleep yes. really good. You're still aware. Right. So. Well, my, yeah. we call ours the crotch cats now because it's cold. So they're like always like right up in you. And oh, yeah. so you try to like move in your sleep and it's like they're like um hi don't move and they bite you so i've been locking them out of the room yeah. that's a bad place to and be instead bitten. you hear yeah my cat used to do that if there was something going on she would throw herself at the door would she yeah huh. well she actually only did that once and to be fair the washing machine hose had burst and oh. her cat box was floating <laughs> yeah so it was the middle of the night that was that was a bad scene is timmy okay. stuck in a well she really okay. did she woke me up she That's threw awesome. herself at my bedroom door until i got up she was pounding get up bitch God damn it! <laughs> something's wrong pay attention to me my cat box is full of water that's not mine. <laughs> I gotta go, man. Let me out. 
I have a group text with my classmates and we like check in on each other. There's like, and they're like, what's everybody's first week been? And I was like, it's great. I get to cuddle tiny babies all day long. Oh, and no. my other friend was like, I had to wipe diarrhea off a grown ass man. Can we trade? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah. Martha has me all freaked out because I see the dentist on Monday. <laughs> what's wrong with the dentist? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like in my head. I'm no, like, this okay, is a real thing. Okay? This is a real so thing. You gotta to tell stop. the story now. You gotta tell the story now. This, yeah. Well, I don't know how. They, I only know they can tell. So when a dentist checks you at the dental office, they know if you've given oral sex recently. If you're a woman, I guess not. If you're a guy, right? Well, I feel like well, it worked the same way. I imagine I mean, it would work the same way. I, I Maybe mean, like, it depends on what exactly you have in your mouth if you're a guy or a girl. <laughs> okay, well that's true. I don't. We need it. We need a tribe member who's a dentist to let us know if Seriously, this is a real I thing. I need to like look up the. All I know is that I I read Maybe that and Martha lingers. like posted that somewhere, and I was like, I know. I'm like seeing the dentist. That wasn't on me. And I'm like counting back. Maybe it, it lingers did. on your uvul, uvula. You certainly you don't have, did. You I thought it was somebody else that did it. Oh, maybe I I passed it on because I thought there's no way that's real. Oh, I know. No, it's totally real. And like now I'm like freaking out, like because I'm like, but they didn't say how long. (laughs) It's been two weeks. Is it okay, honey? Well, shit. It's like Saturday. Am I in trouble now for Monday? Like, I mean, I think a week is enough. Did you did you swish after, you know, a little mouthwash, maybe? Maybe, you know, floss your teeth, make sure everything is out from your gum pockets. (laughs) You know what? It's just a good thing Megan's not here. Oh, because Megan's even worse than you, Jess. I mean, you're turning 600 shades of red there, but. Well, I didn't know that either. Now, I knew like when you go to the regular doctor, you're not supposed to have any carnal the knowledge of somebody doctor, the girl doctor not the for regular. like yeah. 48 See, hours i didn't know that either yeah. neither did i and i'm sure my gynecologist thinks i'm a big slut <laughs> well my gynecologist actually told me that one time when i was a teenager i mean this is nice. not a teenage well actually i was 19 so i would have been a teenager but i was going in for birth control so they're like you know don't have sex 48 hours before your appointment yada yada so I don't know if that has something to do with, you know, they do the pregnancy test thing before they put you on birth control or if it's because, you know. It's the pap smear. Yeah. Did you see me saying that? Yeah. That's the worst call in the world. Let me just tell you, the worst call in the world to get like from like an 80 year old nurse at the at the front desk saying, I don't want to alarm you, but your pap smear came back abnormal. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what do I have to do? She's like, you just have to do it over again. She's like, honey, there's nothing wrong, but we can tell that you had sex in the last, <laughs> four, in the last 48 hours before it, and it messes up your results. So yeah. just come do your pap smear and try not to have sex before it. Well, I mean, that would make like, sense. Dear God in heaven. You can't, you know, listering. My, story, my first one. Mm-mm. The lady who does mine went to high school with my dad. Oh, sheesh. Oh. So she's like talking about my dad the whole time. Ah. <laughs> and, then, and she also sees my brother because she's a nurse practitioner. <laughs> so she's like, and your brother looks just like him. And I was like, your hand is it by uterus. <laughs> 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 How about 
much you not feel me up while you talk about my dad. <laughs> right? I don't you want you doing the breast exam talking about my dad, okay? She didn't Listen. date him or anything, did she? No, they're just That would have been even worse. Not that you know of anyway. No. I feel That's like she would have told me. me. She was very open. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. It makes sense that you can't have sex within 48 hours of a pap smear because it's not like you can listerine your vagina after. I mean, you can swish in your mouth, but not so much there. So I don't it, think the swishing is the thing. I think they see something on your soft palate or something from the... <laughs> God, I don't like that sound effect that, that I just sound? did. Oh. Uh, from eating ramen noodles? <laughs> <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. No, no, the ramen noodles are for the other thing. The macaroni oh. and cheese is for the actual thing. Oh, oh yeah. It's for, so ramen is the so dentist. Food references. Oh god. I think of Little Shop of Horrors where he's like, "Because I'm a dentist." Yes. And now that we know how much he actually knows about us. That gives that song a whole new meaning. Right. <laughs> so I guess um, you can't date a gynecologist or a dentist now. What the hell? Nope. Yeah, because he'd Seriously, know. he'd know. <gasps> he would know if you were cheating on him. At least don't cheat a week before your, your oral exam. <laughs> Especially if it's your husband who's doing the exam. <laughs> Somebody needs to write that book. And on that note, that's going to do it for... Three, three book, book girls. girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production